Good morning, Reach. Keith Cadell, uh, lead pastor of Reach Community Church. Uh, I'm sorry that we're not together again uh, this Sunday morning, but glad because of technology that we can uh, still worship together in this medium. Uh, a couple of things that I want you to be aware of before we even start. One is um, I'm not sure when we're going to be able to meet again. Stay connected to our social media, Facebook, Instagram. If you're not already subscribed to our newsletter, uh, do so on our website, which is Reach Community church.com uh, and stay up to date on what's going on. We will let you know the moment we are able to uh, worship together again. Uh, this morning we're going to continue on in Mark. So if you've been reading it with me, this was something uh, that uh, happened right after what we talked about last week uh, with Blind Bartimaeus. Uh, this is literally the chapter following it in chapter 11. We're going to be there in just a second. And we're going to talk about the triumphal entry, which I know is not yet uh, leading up to Easter. Uh, but it's something that I was reading this week that I just felt like it was something uh, we could carry meaning into right now in this moment where we find ourselves. So the one thing I want you to walk away with today is that if... Jesus is worthy of worship in the good times. He's worthy of worship always. It's easy to love, worship, and obey Jesus when it's good, but what about when it's not? Not just good times, but bad times. What about right now when our world is in chaos? Uh, we, we, can, we, we can't do all the things that we normally do. We can't go to the restaurants and eat inside. We can't go to a movie theater with other people. Uh, we can't go. I can't go to Port City Java and sit inside. Might not be a big deal to you, but I spend a fair amount of time inside of Port City Java developing messages, meeting with people. But our routines are off. And it's easy when things are good to, to feel like, man, I love Jesus. Jesus is awesome. It's, a, it's another thing when there's so much unknown that we still worship him through it. And I believe that today, uh, when we go through the triumphal entry, there's a message for us. There's something that we need to hear today. And we need to let that uh, resonate inside of us and let it affect how we're going to live in this moment that we're in. I know people are struggling. I know the you know, stock market is way down. Um, some people aren't able to work because those businesses like the restaurant and other things are uh, laying off people. And I know there's just so many unknowns. And here's the question. Here's the tension we're going to wrestle with today. Are you still worshiping King Jesus? 1 Thessalonians 5.16 says, Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. I'm not sure what's going on. But I am sure of one thing. That God is still in control. God is still actively doing something in and through us, in our cities, in our communities. He is active. I'm not here to explain the what he's doing. None of us will truly know the extent to the meaning behind everything that's going on until we are face to face with him. But what I do want to convey to you is that we can still trust, still worship, 
still rejoice in these moments of uncertainty. Let's pray. Dearly Father, it is by your grace and mercy that we right now are still here living and breathing. And Lord, I just pray for peace over us as we hear today your word. Peace over us with all this anxiety and other things that are going on in our life that we are unaware of, unsure of, insecure about. And Lord, we ask for your peace and your power. And Lord, I pray that you would give us patience to endure Uh, what lies ahead. And Lord, I pray that your word would speak to us this morning. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So like I said, we're jumping right off of what we talked about last week. Right after Jesus uh, healed blind Bartimaeus, we're starting in, uh, we're in chapter 11 of Mark. We're starting in verse 1. And this is the triumphal entry. This is the week before the crucifixion. This is Jesus re-entering in Jerusalem, understanding what he's going to. He's told his disciples so many times already that he's going to the cross. They're not understanding. They're not getting it. People are missing what he's told them over and over again. But Jesus knows exactly where he's going. In verse 11, Sorry, in verse 1, chapter 11, it says, Now when they drew near to Jerusalem, to Bethpage and Bethany, at the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples and said to them, Go into the village in front of you, and immediately as you enter it, you will find a colt tied, on which no one is ever set. Untie it, bring it back. If anyone says anything to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it, and we'll send it back here immediately. Now, I'm pretty sure who they didn't send, probably the three favorites we've talked about them, Peter, James, and John, and picked someone else, one of the other nines. They probably thought, man, this is a mission. Jesus has finally picked me. And then they realized when Jesus said, hey, I'm going to send you into the town that we're getting ready to go into, and I want you to steal a donkey. And you're like, oh, whoa, Jesus, not sure how that's going to go. And this is what he tells you when you go in there. Hey, just untie the donkey if anybody says anything to him. Just said the Lord has need of it. Could you imagine right now if, if I said to you, hey, 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 um, go, go across the street, go down the road, and there's going to be this blue car there. And I want you to just go into the blue car uh, and you get it running any way that you can and bring it back here because I have need of it. No, that wouldn't go well, right? That would be super weird. And, and in this day and age, that could get you shot. But this is what happened. Jesus tells them, the donkey, the colt is going to be there. Go. You'll find it just like I said. And in verse 4 it says, And they went away and found the colt tied to a door outside in the street, and they untied it. They found it exactly like Jesus told them to, and they were obedient in it. They untied the donkey. They are like, man, this is great. It's happening just like he said in verse 5. And some of those standing there said to them, What are you doing? Untying that colt. Why are you taking it? And they told them what Jesus had said, and they let them go. And they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks on it, and he sat on it. 
That is crazy. So they, they bring the donkey back to Jesus. Jesus gets on it. They're unaware of what's getting ready to happen, but Jesus isn't. Jesus is fulfilling what was said about this moment. He's doing exactly what was prophesied hundreds of years prior to this. One thing that you should know about, because most of the people were expecting something different. Most of the people were expecting Jesus to be the conquering king, not the dying Messiah. They wanted freedom from Rome, and they thought Jesus was going to be this conquering king, the new David. That's why James and John said, can we sit on your right and left hand side? Not in the suffering that Jesus was going into, but in the victory. One thing you should know is that it was customary for a king that he would enter the city on a white horse after a victory. So if a king conquered an area, he would come in on a white horse. But during times of peace, the king rode in on a donkey. And so Jesus gets on the colt. And in verse 8 it says, and many spread their cloaks on the road. And, they, and others, leafy branches that they had cut from the fields. And, and it says in other uh, parallel versions of this that he took palm branches. And palm branches symbolizes goodness and victory. It would be a, a direct confrontation to the Roman rule. It would be like this is what we expect. We're expecting victory. And Jesus had victory in mind, but not the victory that they were planning, not the victory that they were thinking. And they were laying their cloaks down. They were waving palm branches, putting them on the ground as Jesus entered the city. In verse 9, it says, And those who went before and those who followed were shouting, Hosanna, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. They're expecting King David. Hosanna in the highest. And he entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. And when he looked around at everything... As it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. That's the end of the story. That's the end of what I wanted to read to you today. But I want, I want to draw something out of that. These people willingly worshipped Jesus. They took off. Could you imagine this person coming that you honor so much that you take your coat off and you lay it on the ground so that his Colt can walk over your coat. This is their worship. They're laying palm branches down. They're thinking, we are going to be victorious. We're finally going to get what we think we should have, which is freedom from Rome. And let me just tell you something. They would worship Jesus to the end of the earth if that's what he gave them. Well, truth is they wouldn't because they want what they want. And they're not going to be satisfied with anything but what they desire. And Jesus understood that in that moment, their freedom from Rome wasn't going to change anything. Wasn't going to free them. Wasn't going to save them. But the cross was. The cross was going to be the thing that's going to set them free. To give them access to the connection to the Father. But they were just thinking of freedom. Freedom from this occupation. Maybe you're thinking right now, all I want is freedom from coronavirus. 
All I want is freedom from fear of being near other people. Freedom from that moment when you're around someone else and they sneeze or cough and you think, oh my gosh, and you flash back to that moment in the um, the movie Outbreak. I don't know if any of you guys have Netflix. You probably do because during this season you just think, oh, I need Netflix. Well, on their top ten, one of them's Outbreak. I don't recommend watching it. It's not great during this time uh, because they, when they get their virus in the movie, they die within 48 hours. Thankfully, that's not what is happening in our world. It is very dangerous for those that are at risk. And one of the main reasons we're not publicly meeting is because we're, one, being obedient to what um, uh, the local government and national government is asking of us. But one, we want to protect those that are at risk in our area. But these same people that were worshiping Jesus into the city... We're going to be some of the same people that are crying out, crucify. None of those were there when Pilate was asking, should I free Jesus? And, uh, and free Jesus or Barabbas. None of these people that worshiped him, worshiped him into the city were saying, free Jesus. They were saying, crucify him and free the murderer. So what I, I want us to, to hang on to this, this, this weekend as you're sitting at home right now, hopefully with your family safe and well, is that are you willing, are you worshiping right now like there is victory? Like Jesus is still in control? Or are you going to be a people that worship Jesus when you think he's going to do what you want him to do? Because that's not the real Jesus. Jesus is not a genie that we get access to or can have access to when we need something. And he gives it to us because he wants to. He loves us. Or we're going to do these nice things so that we can get something. Jesus wants us. He wants our heart. He wants us to surrender to him. Are we going to be people that during this rise to the occasion? Rise to the occasion of worshiping and praying, praising Jesus in spite of the suffering. Waiting to see the glory and goodness that God is going to do in this. And, and he is, I'm telling you, if you will allow it, God will use you to interact and intervene and serve others during this season. We got our first call this week from uh, a, a senior that's unable to leave their house. That uh, put it out on our Facebook channel. And uh, one of our people from our church, thank you Todd, uh, went right to Walmart, picked up some supplies to them, took it to her house. We can be the church. We can praise Jesus in these moments because we can realize that he's still in control. He's heading in the direction that is going to bring us the greatest good. And again, I'm not trying to explain that. I don't know, but I do trust Jesus. And it's easy in these moments to forget what he has done, what he is doing, and what he's going to do. Because he is still working. So here's some questions 
for you. So we get ready to close. Right now, in these days, where is your treasure? Where is your worship? Is it placed in the right place? Is it placed in the correct place? Is Jesus in the correct position? Are you right now still praising Him in spite of your financial struggle, in spite of potential of illness, in spite of your travel plans being messed up, in spite of you not being able to go and do this. Because this season is going to be painful for a lot of people. We have to realize this. And this may sound petty to some, but my oldest child is a senior this year. He's going to graduate from high school this year. And most likely, she won't go back to school like she knew it before, before she graduates from high school. Most likely, she won't uh, finish her, her track season. Most likely, and I know this is to some in, 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 the, in the big scheme of things, isn't a big deal, but she won't be able to go to her senior prom. That's just a small scale of things across our city, across our country that are going on right now. People are missing out on it. And here's what I want to tell you. If you're sitting there going, hey, it's not that bad. You get a little time off. I get this. I get that. I want you to just think for a second of what potentially is going on across the street, across the town, in somebody else's house. And the anxiety and fear and the, the, what they're going to miss out because of this. And I want you to allow God to soften your heart so that when you interact with people, you have empathy for them. I love that when Jesus interacted with people, he had empathy. In spite of knowing what was going to happen. He, I, in one of my favorite stories, I, I talked about it a couple weeks ago. When Jesus walked up to the funeral procession, or progression, or, and he was going along, and uh, the widow already lost her husband, has now lost her son, and Jesus felt compassion, even though he knew he was going to walk over there, touch the side of that coffin, and that young man was going to come back to life. See, Jesus right now feels your pain, understands your pain, and is here waiting for us to surrender, waiting for us to cry out and go, God, I need you. In spite of my inability to see and understand what's next, I want to trust you. Go back to a couple weeks ago when we talked about the, the father who, his son couldn't be released from the demons because because the, the disciples didn't have enough faith. <laughs> And Jesus said, do you believe that I can do this? And the Father said, yes, I believe. Help me with my unbelief. Maybe right now that's what you still need. You need, you need to confess to the Father that I need you. I need you. And so right now as we're in our room, my, que my next question for you is if your worship is in the wrong place, what are you going to do to change that? What are you going to do right now, tomorrow, this week, to change your perspective of what God is actively doing? How are you going to get to that place where you're going, God, you are good? You have to decide. And I, I encourage you. 
I think one of the things that I'm most concerned about isn't necessarily this, that we're missing out on Sunday morning, which I miss. I do not like preaching to an empty room. I'm just going to tell you that. What I'm most concerned about is the disconnect that we're going to have from other people. So I encourage you, find ways that you can connect to people through email, text, and Facebook, and social media. Stay connected. Stay encouraging. Maybe reach out to somebody and tell them after service today, this is what I'm feeling right now. I have this anxiety, and I want to worship correctly. Can you help me? Can you encourage me along this path as I choose to worship Jesus, not in just the good moments, but all of them? So what I want to do right now is I just want to pray. I want to pray that that we can see Jesus for what he is doing, that we can trust him in that moment. And so right now you're sitting here watching this and maybe you don't go to reach. Maybe you stumbled on this on our social media or uh, one of our other platforms and you're watching this and you don't know Jesus. I, I encourage you to find out who he is. Here's the truth I hold to is that, that there was something broken in us that could never be fixed. And you know it. If you're watching this, if you're listening to this, there's not many people that are like, oh, yeah, everything's perfect. And God knew that something was broken and that only he could fix it. And his way, means of fixing that was sending his son here for us. And Jesus came to this world, lived the life that we were unable to live. And he taught and he fulfilled all of these prophetic words that were spoken hundreds and thousands of years prior. Not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds and thousands. And he lived that life heading to the cross. To willingly sacrifice his life for you so that you can have life. And and we have the option now to trust and believe in that sacrifice. And not just in what he did, but he gives us this opportunity to have a connection to him through the Holy Spirit. And then right now the Bible says that he is with the Father interceding for us. If you need Jesus, cry out to him. He's good. And right now, this may be that divine moment that he brought you to this place of considering him. So what we're going to do now is we're going to pray and we'll close. Dearly Father, Lord, I thank you for your grace and mercy. Lord, I thank you that you are still worthy of worship, that you are still That things are working out to your good and to your glory. Lord, help us worship in the midst of it. And Lord, if there are those uh, listening to this right now that need you, Lord, I pray that you would call them to your kingdom. That you would bring them to a place of understanding you, surrendering to you, and living for you and with you. So Lord, we are grateful Um, that you are our God in spite of the good and bad, in spite of all the things that happen. And right now, we declare in our hearts that we trust you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
Church, we love you. We cannot wait to be back together. In between that, stay connected. Interact with people online. Interact with people on social media. Good things. Send a friend a text. If you start thinking about somebody, the good thing is the coronavirus will not go through your phone. Call them. Tell them how much you miss them. And if you have people that you know around you that are in that at-risk category, reach out to them. Ask what you can do to serve. Offer to pick up prescriptions. Offer to pick up groceries. Offer to do things for them that they may be unable to do themselves. And until we see or meet again, we'll see you next time.